one of the things that I think is going to make it a little bit easier for people to swallow whatever happens with Dame, because I don't know what's going to happen with that whole situation. I don't think there's really anything going on right now. From what I understand, there's not really any active conversations going on right now between yeah. Portland and Miami or any other team. I think they're just, I think Joe is kind of just sitting back and letting it play out, and yes. which, which he should. There's not really any rush to do anything. But whether Dame is here or not, like there have been times when a team trades their, you know, franchise player. And they just have nothing to work with to start over. And they have to just hope they hit on their next couple of draft picks. And it becomes like Minnesota after they traded Kevin Garnett. And then they just had nothing for several years after that. And it was just, mm -hmm. it was just not a good situation. Whatever happens with Dane, they're in a pretty good spot with the Scoot Shaden thing. Yep. Yes, they are. And they're very lucky to have kind of a, the, the plan B ain't too, ain't too shabby. <laughs> So what do you think is you and I were both at Joe Cronin's press conference mm -hmm. where he addressed the Dane trade request for the first time since it happened. So I'm curious what you thought, because you've also been at all of the other press conferences yeah. that Joe has done. You know, the, the one uh, after the trade deadline, the one mm -hmm. at the end of the season, the one on draft night. Like, how do you think he did this week? I think Joe's candor and honesty is so refreshing in a world of people who are constantly trying to throw smoke screens. It is, um, yeah, I'm not saying that, you know, you know, nobody's ever perfect or anything like that, mm -hmm. but I, I mean, I've covered a lot of coaches. I've covered a lot of, um, I haven't covered a lot of GMs I should say, but you know, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been around the college basketball scene more than I've been around the NBA scene, but you know, it's the same thing, different day. Um, right. and you know, him being able to admit his faults is huge. There are, I mean, I know so many coaches where you ask them a question about something that didn't go well in a game and they'll kind of like scoff at you mm -hmm. and be like, yeah, like, and you're like, well, you know, sorry, you didn't, your team didn't do well from the free throw line. Like, that's a fact. That's not like a, not like a, a, something that's crazy and then you have to figure out a way to like couch the question so that they don't snap at you and you actually get like an actual like answer and with with joe i don't think you have to think as hard as that because i don't think he comes he, he's not going to take offense to what somebody says and i think that's such a, an incredible characteristic to have in this job where so many people are just walking around with huge egos you know it, he's never come off to me as somebody who has you know this he he's he's always able to be um to have that introspection and and do it in front of an audience and i think that says a lot about him it was a very introspective press conference he didn't throw anybody under the bus he was very professional but you still got some insight into where his head is at and where the organization's head is at and i think that that is really beneficial for everybody involved but especially the fans who are trying to wrap their minds around everything that has happened over the last month in this organization. Yeah. I think the not throwing anybody under the bus thing is key because I mean, what, yeah. that, that's a, that was a hard line. I think Joe had to walk because he did yeah. make it pretty clear that like, you know, it would be pretty helpful if Dane was willing to go to more than one team mm -hmm. that maybe had better stuff to trade than what Miami has to trade. Like he did 
make a couple of remarks about that where mm-hmm. basically like we've you know th- th- I thought the most interesting one the thing that he said was like you know if you look at my history I did get Josh Hart where he wanted to go I did get CJ McCollum where he wanted to go but he basically implied that in both of those cases they had options like yeah. they those players gave him you know a couple of teams that they would be interested in going to and he mm-hmm. was able to then say okay what's the best offer that we can get and he did he did kind of make it clear that Dame and his representatives having this stance that no, the only place he wants to go to my is Miami, and Miami is the team that probably has the worst package of stuff to trade of any team that could potentially be in the mix to trade for him, is making Joe's job difficult. But I think he conveyed that message without turning it into, you know, this like taking a shot at Aaron Goodwin or taking a shot yeah. at Dame or anything or anything like that. I think he was no. like, I think he was like. The way another reporter who I was, a national guy who I was talking to afterwards, who was also at that press conference, put it to me was, he respectfully dug his heels in. Yeah. I love that. That's very, that's very good. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, he did. He did. And I don't know. I think right now, and and I've said this, I don't think Joe has handled some of this, of these other press conferences well. I think it was a mistake at the deadline for him to speak so openly about we're going to push all our chips in and be aggressive and, you know, go all in and try to win now. I think it was a mistake for him to do that because I think that screwed up some of their leverage. And it also put him in a position where when the circumstances change, like I think that Joe, and this is something that I have to kind of keep explaining to people who think that like, Oh, because he didn't use the third pick. Oh, Joe was lying to Dame and he was not ever being sincere about wanting to build around him. No. I think he made this these kind of whether you want to call them promises or at least you know implications that they were looking to move the pick. I think he made those promises or made you know had that intention when they thought that the pick was going to be like the fifth pick or something around there. And then if you're trading like Jarris Walker for OG Ananobi, that's a different thing than the pick moves up to three and suddenly it's like oh no you cannot trade this pick, and so the circumstances change. And so I think I think Joe in the past has not handled this stuff well. I thought on I thought this week at this press conference he did what he needed to do. Yep. And and I will say like yeah you're right he shouldn't have been so forthright in terms of what he wants this team to do what what he wanted to do and push all his chips in and all that sort of stuff. But I can also totally understand why he did it. Yeah. Like the the fan base was upset, you know, and he was trying to placate them by saying that sort of stuff so it it came from the right place it didn't come from it didn't come from a bad place which i think is um really important to like note yeah it probably wasn't the smartest decision tactically to do that but he was he had his reasons behind doing it and i totally understand because you know he walked into that that press conference after the trade deadline and people were upset the fan base was upset. And I mean, you know, I'm not saying that the fan base was upset after they picked Scoot Henderson, but I think the fan base was um, on edge, maybe is the right word, after they picked Scoot Henderson, not because of Scoot, but because they knew what that could, that the, very, what they knew what happened could happen. They knew it was closer to that than it was, you know, the opposite. So, um, so yeah, I, 
I think that he's coming to these press conferences, all of them with good intentions. Sometimes these are things you learn on the job. And um, I, I don't think it's it's the end of the world that he, you know, said the things he said back at the trade deadline and things like that, because I, I think it all came from a, a good place of wanting to try to make the fan base and make Damien happy. It just ended up kind of backfiring on him in terms of uh, actually getting done what he wanted to get done. Well, the draft night press conference and just the draft night, you were there with me at the yeah. practice facility that night. It was so surreal Weird just being there because Weird vibe. by all accounts, they had a great draft. You know, Scoot yeah. falls to them at three and then they draft Chris Murray, who they really like at 23. And then Rayon Rupair, the French kid that they drafted in the second round, they like him a lot. So you can say, and you know, you, you read all the stuff on like ESPN and the athletic and the ringer and all the national sites that do their draft grades and like talk about how each team did every single one of those websites said that the Blazers had a great draft. Yeah. But in the room and in the building that night, nobody was happy about it because everybody was just thinking about like, what is this going to mean for Dame? And I think we both kind of, you and I both had kind of had an idea just from people that we talked to that, Dame's people had felt that if they used the pick that that wasn't going to work for them. And so even though they got Scoot and they got, you know, everything we've seen of Scoot is that, oh, we we think he's going to be a star. And like, this is a huge, the fact that he fell in their lap at number three is huge for the organization. There was still just kind of this, uh, are people supposed to be happy about this? Are we still, you know, worried about what's going to happen with Dame? It was just, it was just a weird vibe. You could feel it even before the draft. Like, you could feel the tension. And we were not around any of the executives before that, before before Joe Cronin's press conference. But you could just feel in the building this weird, like, silent tension of, like, what's going to happen tonight and what does it mean for the future of this franchise? You could totally feel it. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know why I felt it. But, I, I mean, I think, I think we probably both felt it because we both knew that there was a lot on the line. But you could just kind of, I don't know, there was, this, there was this weird, like, like almost like sterile feeling in mm-hmm. the building before the draft, where it was just, like, really quiet, like, not a lot of movement, like, not a lot of, like, like very, like, subdued, um, which, you know, is, is weird for when you're picking what could be potentially a franchise player um, in, in the draft. And like you said, having a really good draft overall, like they did. Um, but, yeah, that was... It was really interesting to be in the building that night because, yeah, it was just you couldn't you couldn't escape this like eerie feeling. I don't know. 